0: to the Jim Davis Show, a B-team edition, 9 o'clock, hour three on this Monday. Buckeye and Baked Goods with you here. In some form, we're both here. I'm just sitting here like, eh, break's over. La-di-da. Oh, that's right. This break is me. Hit the button. Yeah. Yeah, hit the button, as Charles Barkley would so eloquently say. I'm a dumbass. Yeah, pretty much. Because I'm kind of peel back the curtain a little bit here top of the hour that's me. The other two breaks me. That's you. And when Jim's here, whoever's in the the main chair, the host the does the top chair. of the hour, yeah. Sidecar, whoever that happens to be does the in the hour floating breaks. Completely lost where I was in the show. I'm like, "Oh wait, that's me. My bad." Whoop. So yeah, there you go. There's kind of what's going on here. I'm a little Sean Payton challenge the play (laughs) trigger-ish over here. You can get your thoughts in on the Chick-fil-A breakfast text line, 970-242-1340. Also speaking, want to welcome our friends at Chick-fil-A, Joe Walsh and the entire crew of men and women over there at Chick-fil-A. Welcome aboard for the year 2024. Yes. As our uh, text line sponsor. Absolutely. We go to Guru Gary on the text line. Did anyone notice the new rise in the amount of offensive offside calls this weekend? Dear line judges, show us where Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes' words hurt you. Yeah, I noticed that. That's a shut up, Andy. We call this all the time, and we actually do. And then in three weeks, they're going to forget about it. There's going to be a game that's going to be cost by one of these because the official forgets Where the NFL's axe is grinding At that particular time right? But you know there's no conspiracies Uh, From Robert on the text line Good morning Cake and I had warned the world Not to hire Sean Payton As coach of the Broncos What a weirdo He doesn't challenge two TDs Then blames Russ for not scoring Truly a nasty fella I wouldn't say that Like I don't think he's a particularly great Um Communicator of an of an adult, he's not great with the media. He doesn't. He's not incredibly eloquent. Look, well, look, listen. All right, look. You know, but like, is he a nasty person? I don't know.
1: He got I don't know a if little. He, is or not. he got a little um, salty with Dave Logan in the post game mm-hmm. yesterday and or Saturday. And, you know. I just, I don't,
0: I don't know where that is on the, you know, bad person. Do you try not to let your frustrations at work interact how you, or affect how you interact with other people? Yes. Is it easy? No, it's not. I don't, I don't know if he's a nasty person based on that interaction. I really, I truly don't. And I don't know how anybody really could. Because I don't know if that's an accurate representation of who Sean Payton is as a person.
1: And we don't know what We know truly... that's who
0: he is as a football coach, and which is different.
1: And, and regarding the supposed blow-up on the sideline with mm-hmm. Russ, I'm willing to take Sean Payton at his word because he's stuck pretty consistently to the narrative of, I wasn't upset at Russ. I was upset at the call. I was just directed. It was just directed at Russ. Right. I'm willing to believe him on that part, and I haven't heard Russell Wilson say anything to the contrary. Not that he would, right? Right, and I... I I don't know if I necessarily
0: believe 100% hook, line, and sinker, but I can understand it. They work so closely together every day. It's only been a year, but I have to yell at someone, and if I yell at this guy, I'm gonna get fined. If I yell at you... It's only going to hurt your feelings. Right. And I'm sorry about that, but also that's a lot of money. <laughs> so I can kind of understand. But the Broncos lose 42-17 at Detroit. They fall back to 500 on the season. They are now 7-7. Seven and seven. Three games left. They pl- host the Patriots and the Chargers the next two Sundays right here on the team sports network Sunday night football for the Patriots game Sunday afternoon football for the Chargers and then Sunday morning football uh it's scheduled for 11 a.m they play in Vegas that game's not going to be at 11 a.m that's a TBD but pro football reference needs a time so it says 10 a.m local kick and that's not
1: That's not going to happen. That is not happening, Jack.
0: Yeah, that will probably be a 2 o'clock game wedged in there with some other 2 o'clock games that the NFL actually wants you to tune into. No offense. That's usually more Raiders than Broncos. So there's where they're at. They're kind of outside looking in for the playoff standings as they currently sit 11th in the AFC playoff picture, top seven go. They're only a game back of spaces six and seven, but they will need to win and need some help because you're not going to get head-to-head against the Bengals, the Colts, the Texans anymore, or the Bills. They do have wins over the Bills. They don't have the win over the Texans, so you need a little bit of help to kind of clear some of the traffic ahead of you. Also, because of uh, one more win in the AFC play, Pittsburgh sits ahead of Denver at 7 and 7 as well so you need a little bit of traffic you can get your thoughts in 970-242-1340 the chick-fil-a breakfast team phone line team text line as well well on friday you guys had a chance to uh chat up the uh, tv voice of the denver nuggets one chris marlowe we'll bring back that conversation right now so if you hear Jim's voice in the next 18 minutes, like,
2: wait, hold on, I'm confused. What? This is from Friday on the team. With us right now, the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. He is the TV voice of the, Colorado, or the Denver Nuggets. Joining us right now, Chris Marlowe. I almost said the Avalanche, Chris, because we have Connor McGahey on so often. I almost slipped and said Avalanche. I'm so sorry, Chris.
3: That's quite all right. Uh, always good to be on after a big win.
2: Last night, Nuggets taking down Brooklyn. Nikola Jokic continues to do incredible, incredible things. Another triple double is tenth of the season. He now has uh, you know the, the the seven consecutive years of uh, of ten triple doubles or more uh, sets uh, an NBA record, uh, surpasses what uh, Oscar Robertson uh, did in, in terms of triple doubles. You were there for some history last night. Kind of take us through it because for Nikola Jokic, it just it's business as usual for the Joker when he goes out and puts up those kind of numbers.
3: Well, as long as he doesn't get thrown out of the game, I I think he's going to (laughs) almost mark in the triple-double. He's been remarkably consistent. Uh, The one game he didn't play, the two he got thrown out, the Nuggets won those anyway. But he has just been uh, very, very impressive. Last night, it was just so easy for him, uh, it seemed like. I mean, 26, 15, and 10. uh, And he only played, what, he only played like 30 minutes. So, uh, you know, he is the bell cow. He's one of the greats of all time, I think, now. And uh, and he is definitely in the running for this year's MVP. Should have got it last year. Uh, now Joel Embiid is playing pretty well, so it's going to be a race this time around. But uh, I like what the Nuggets are doing. They're on a three-game win streak and uh, and feeling pretty good about everything now.
2: Chris Marlow covers the uh, Nuggets, uh, their play-by-play broadcaster of the TV uh, uh, broadcast on Altitude in his 17th season as The Voice. Do you remember the first game you called for the Nuggets? what the matchup was
3: you know i i really don't i do remember the first game that i did when i i actually came from uh, san diego in 2004 and i remember the first preseason game i did uh we did a nuggets preseason game at the air force academy and it was myself bill hanslick and scott hastings on the call, and I remember doing the on camera, and I, 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 looked at Hastings, and I looked at Hands, like, and I felt like a midget. Now, I'm six three. I'm not short, <laughs> uh, but I was kind of like, uh, you know, the cream filling in in between the cookie, uh, and I remember that uh, as uh, pretty vividly. But I do not remember the first game that I called. Do you?
2: I do not. I wish I, you know, if I'll have my my colleague here, you want to look up Chris's first game that he called? I will see what I can do. Because now inquiring minds want to know about this. and Chris. Yeah, it would be the
3: 2004-2005 season, I believe, would be the first one.
2: Chris Marlowe, uh, Nuggets TV broadcaster with us today on the Team Sports Network. Before we talk more about where the Nuggets are right now, Chris, uh, just got to go back uh, to last year since our first chance to talk with you since they won uh, the NBA championship. Just, you know, the, through the, the all these seasons, covering the Nuggets, good, bad, obviously some really good the last few years. Just uh, a highlight moment for you last year and a chance to call the Nuggets winning an, an NBA championship.
3: You know, the, uh, the great thing about my job is that I come to work every night knowing that if the Nuggets play their A game, uh, they are going to win. If they play their B game, they're usually going to win. And even if they play their C game, there's a chance that they're going to win. I think, uh, Michael Malone has done a, a fabulous job of kind of putting the team together, uh, in, in terms of who to play and who comes off the bench. I think Calvin Booth has done a great job drafting. These young players are really good. Peyton Watson is going to be outstanding. Christian Brown is going to be sensational. Uh, Justin Strother looks like he's a hit, uh, it's just uh, a lot of fun to to call the Nuggets. Uh, last year, getting to the championship and then uh, achieving the championship. I think when it really hit me, believe it or not, it was pretty late. Uh, you know, when I sat down to do the victory parade, that was uh, that was really special. And I think there was a there was a game along the way uh, when the Nuggets won at Phoenix to close the Suns out, and I thought to myself. The team is going to go all the way. they got the Lakers next. I think they can handle them. And then whoever they get in the final, uh, you know, it should be an automatic.
2: Chris Marlowe calls the Nuggets for Altitude TV uh, with us today on the Team Sports Network. You referenced uh, the bench because uh, it's, it's a group of young guys with Bruce uh, Brown, of course, moving on to, to Indiana that uh, he was such an indip- indispensable piece last year, really a Swiss Army knife for Michael Malone. That they're now really relying on, on what that bench can do, and uh, you mentioned uh, Christian Brown, the way the in his second year he has really continues to develop, uh, Jordan Strother as well, um, and just you know that in the way Peyton Watson, you know, I think I read the comment that he's starting to feel more and more comfortable, uh, you know playing um, you know his role coming off the bench and and being an NBA player is just feeling more comfortable. That's a young group that I know they spend some time together. They all uh, Some of those guys live close to each other, but it's a young group that's really come together and it's going to be key for the Nuggets making another championship run.
3: Yeah, I think that has been uh, one of the major storylines this year is how do the Nuggets rebuild the bench, and I think they've gone about it in the right way. They've allowed the young guys to play through their mistakes, and now they seem to be maturing at the same time Uh, They brought back Reggie Jackson. A lot of people uh, uh, thought that was a bad idea. Uh, Reggie came back on a two-year, $10 million contract. Everybody said, what are you doing? He has been fantastic. Reggie Jackson leading uh, the second team. He filled in for Jamal Murray uh, uh, when Murray's been out. Uh, You add in a little DeAndre Jordan, the the veteran big, and then you sprinkle in the young guys, and uh, it really looks like, Uh, they have the bench going in the right direction. It's not finished yet, but in the last three games, they've scored 149 points, 46, 50, and 53. And if they can get that kind of production off the bench uh, and the Nuggets starters remain healthy and they do what they do, uh, they might not not lose another game the entire season. (laughs) I'm serious. It's a fantastic proportion. I don't think the bench can continue to do that, but they're headed in that direction.
2: Chris Marlow with us today on the Team Sports Network. Uh, Reggie Jackson, he's been, had to become Mr. November and occasionally Mr. December uh, with the, the way he's been playing, filling in for Jamal Murray. Of course, a former prep standout here from Colorado. And and uh, for, for Reggie, like I said, thrust into the, that uh, starting role because of Jamal Murray's injury. Uh, what Has been it just been playing time, Chris? Or what's been the biggest difference for Reggie Jackson this year as opposed to last year?
3: You know, I think last year when he, he got here late, uh, the lineup was fairly set. He got a little bit of playing time, but he really didn't know the offense and the other players. And uh, the Nuggets decided to go with an eight-man rotation late. And he just really didn't have uh, – there, there's a Nuggets way of doing things, and he had not figured it out yet. He had told me one time that, that in one of those late games, uh, he he was playing badly, he had missed, like, five threes in a row. And on the next play, Jamal Murray threw it to him when he was open and, and said, shoot it. And <laughs> and Reggie Reggie said to me, he goes, I just wasn't used to that. Usually when I'm not playing well, nobody throws me the ball. And uh, it, it just turns out that the Denver Nuggets are kind of equal opportunity guys. Whoever's open gets the ball, and, and they're allowed to shoot it. So uh, according to reports, he was here the entire summer, Learning the offense, helping out the young guys, working on his game. He's been so much better than I anticipated. His outside shot has been a revelation. Now, he's shot over 40% from three a couple of years in his career, a couple years back. But he has proven to be a dead-eye three-point shooter. He's over 42%. And he's a very good finisher in the lane. And a pretty good passer also, although he doesn't like to do that that much. He's more of a scoring point guard. But I think he has just figured out a way to fit in. He knows his role. He doesn't have to start, but when he's called upon, he does a great job. And uh, he's certainly one of the nicest guys. i told this story. I'm not sure I've told on your show because we haven't talked in quite some time. But every time we go on a trip, Reggie Jackson... He, he's in the front, in the first class section of the of the big plane. He comes back and he daps up everybody on the plane. He walks back individually, uh, other players, media, coaches, just with a big smile on his face, how you doing? Every single game, before and after, that's, that's kind of how Mr. October works for the Denver Nuggets.
1: We're talking with Chris Marlowe, the TV voice of the altitude, Denver Nuggets coverage, and Chris, looking up, uh, on the internet archives, you said 2004 season would have been your first. That first game of the year would have been the San Antonio Spurs and Denver Nuggets in what was a low scoring affair 80 to 72 Nuggets win. Today also is uh, the anniversary, the seven year anniversary of D- Nicole Jokic's debut, or as it's known, Joke mess. So just getting back to him, <laughs> getting back to him for just a second. You know, in the games, like you mentioned, when he's been ejected or when he hasn't played, Denver still found a way to win. And then obviously when he's on the floor, he's a huge difference maker. When it comes to other ways in which he dominates the game in terms of scoring and assists and rebounds, where do you feel like his leadership has improved from when he started his career seven years ago to where it's at now?
3: I'm going to get to him in one second, but I want to go back to that 2004 game. I have a funny little story to tell. So uh, we're on the road, I believe, in San Antonio. uh, George Carl and Doug Moe are the coaches. And it's 80-72, and it's one of those games where you're just going, what's going on? Nobody seems to be able to score. seems like the Nuggets are playing pretty good defense. And so when the Spurs end up with, with 72 points, I look it up in the media guide, and that's the lowest number of points that the Nuggets have ever allowed in a game. So after the game, I see assistant coach Doug Moe, who I don't know very well at that time, and I say, uh, Coach, uh, congratulations. That That's probably the greatest defensive performance in Nuggets history. And he goes, What are you, an idiot? That was this <laughs> terrible offense. You must be the dumbest announcer, and you're new. <laughs> I just remember that He just ripped into me, and I go, "Okay, well, I'm not going to do that ever
2: again." Uh, w- welcome, uh, welcome to covering the Nuggets, courtesy of Lowe. Yeah, welcome Mo. to the yeah. Nuggets.
3: So, uh, Nikola Jokic, you know, he's like he, he, he's like having the coach on the floor. Not, not only is he I- I- incredibly gifted in what he gives you, so he gives you the points, the rebounds, and, and the assists, but uh, he, he gives you game planning now, uh, the leadership. Role he grows into. I remember when we first started out, Scott Hastings and I discussing. Well, who's going to be the leader on this team? Jokic really isn't the leader. He's quiet. Uh, You know, Murray's got a ways to go. Uh, You know, how how are the Nuggets going to get leadership? And it turns out that those two guys have turned into two uh, fantastic leaders. Uh, I always, I always say, and the Nuggets haven't done this, but I wish they'd make those those two guys. The uh, co-captains of the team officially make them the co-captains and have them go out uh, before the game. You've seen it where they ask for representatives of the team to talk to the referees and to uh, you know to check out the ball and introduce everybody. And uh, I think the Nuggets would be well served to do that with Jokic and Murray every night because the the games are so strident all the time. It's always you you can call the foul. There's some kind of an argument, and I think the Nuggets. Can, can get by this, this issue with Jokic being ejected uh, if, if he got a little bit, uh, got better uh, with the officials. Extended all the branch to the officials. Say, look, I know we've had some issues in the past, but let's get past it. I- I'm willing to uh, stick out your hand and, and say, uh, let's go forward from here, because I think that's the only thing that stops the Denver Nuggets, is if Jokic or Murray... Uh, they get they get penalties, they get kicked out of the game, they get technicals. And I just think, you know Yoe's probably got a good good number, eight years left, so does Murray. And I think going forward, uh, they would be well served uh, to try
2: to mend the fences with the officials.
3: Officials are going to be the officials for the rest of their careers, and I think this would be a good way to do it.
2: Chris Marlowe with us today on the team sports network. What are you hearing about uh, Jamal and his, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully an impending return here in the near future for the Nuggets?
3: Well, he, he's back. He, he's back. He's got sore ankles. Uh, the hamstring looks like he uh, uh, is is healed up from that. Uh, it might be just one of those things where he's got to play through a little bit of pain throughout the season. Uh, he is, is on a minute's restriction. I'm not sure what it is because Malone, every time you ask him about it, it's you know it's 25 or 29 or as many as I have to. Uh, but I think Jamal's going to be fine. He just needs to stay healthy. It's been some unfortunate little incidents with him you know three times this year. He, he, he tweaked a the hamstring, then he sat out for 11 and then he tweaked the ankle. He sat out for two or three and then he he, he got the he rolled the other ankle, he sat out for a game or two. So if Jamal Murray if that starting five can stay can stay healthy and if the bench continues to progress, I think the Nuggets are gonna be right there, not only challenging for the Western Conference, uh, but certainly challenging for the NBA title again. And uh, it would be nice to see them repeat.
2: Yeah, my apologies on that. I forgot that he came back a few days ago of sixteen points last night on that win. All the Brooklyn that's for Jamal Murray Chris Marlowe TV voice of the Nuggets with us today on the team sports Network and uh, Chris I have to ask you about this because it has on your bio that your favorite band is the Rolling Stones so a couple things first off favorite Stone song and will you see them the next time they come to to uh, Denver which I believe is what 2024 they're on uh Denver's on the I believe on the, the schedule for the the tour stop for uh, for the Rolling Stones
3: yeah, there you go. I've seen the Stones in concert. I, I, I saw them when they came to the Pepsi Center. I, I don't have plans right now to see them when they come. Uh, my favorite Stone song, of course, is Satisfaction. That goes way, way back. Uh, uh, I just, I just love them. When we went to see them in person, we, we got like VIP tickets. Uh, we had to pay for them. They were, they were expensive, but we were right on the side. Uh, just a great seat and. Uh, to see the energy uh, that that Mick still has and the band still has and the enjoyment they get out of playing, it, it's just fantastic. And, you know, uh, you know, I'm a veteran play-by-play announcer, and it's good to see energy like that. It makes you feel young. Uh, and I just think they've been a fantastic band uh, on and on, and uh, I, I love them.
2: Yeah, and, and the new album's really good, too. I really like uh, the Hackney Diamonds album. It's really good. Hey, Chris, I appreciate you. Uh, making some time for us today. I think you're the only gold medal winner we've ever talked to in the program, so I always appreciate uh, uh, having you come on and hopefully have you back on real soon, and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you and the Altitude family.
3: Hey, thanks. thanks I really appreciate you having me on, and, and uh, let's get in touch and uh, stay in touch.
0: Absolutely, with Chris Marlowe, fantastic gold medal winner in volleyball.
1: Real quick, we didn't, I don't think we got to mention this on Friday, so Rolling Stones concert in Denver, mm-hmm. June twentieth, Adam Powerfield at Mile High. Same exact same exact day as game six of the NBA finals, which we hope the Nuggets are once again in. I, so yeah, hopefully they're done
0: game before, 4.
1: Yeah, before yeah. Before Sweep
0: City, baby. Yeah. No, uh ab- Marlowe's absolutely fantastic. And you don't realize just how big he is? Yeah. Because one, the context is so wonky, right? Because Hastings, Hans Lick, those are big dudes. Mm-hmm. But even when he's standing next to Katie Wingie he's not super noticeably taller because she stands almost 5'11", 6 feet, barefoot, and she wears heels to do the broadcasting. Right. So they look the same size, and you're like, well, she's uh you know an athletic woman but she's only what five eight five nine marlo is not that tall yeah he's six three he is a tall tall person and he's an absolutely great interview we'll take a break come back with more jim davis show on the team sports network
3: I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose.
0: Welcome back to the Jim Davis Show. Buckeye and Baked Goods, a B-team edition with you here on... The Team Sports Network, coming up at 10, Jim Rome. Coming up at 1230, we will have the famous Toastery Bowl. I don't know why I said that like it was from Baltimore. It's not. But the famous Toastery Bowl will be directional Kentucky West against Old Dominion from Charlotte. More people at the NFL game yesterday or the famous Toastery Bowl Today with a 1230 start on
1: the Team Sports Network. Oh,
0: that's a tough one. <laughs> then Monday night football tonight. Philadelphia at Seattle. Coverage starts at 5:30. More bowl action tomorrow. The Frisco Bowl from Frisco, Texas. Texas, San Antonio against Marshall. Bowling a plenty on the Team Sports Network. I think we're going to have. 10 or 11 bowls coming up for bowl season via our friends at Bowl Season Radio. So, yeah, it's going to be going to be a good time. All right. It is time right now on the team Sports Network.
3: Was that a good call or did they totally blow it? It's good call or bad call.
0: Good call, bad call brought to you by our friends at uh, Brown's Cremation and Funeral Services. Uh, It's a good call that if it ever happens to you and you're not set up, you are not ready to go to give Brown's Cremation and Funeral Services a call. Call Kevin and all the people over there. They will help you get set up for all of your afterlife. Make sure your family is not stuck with the bill, right? You don't want to do that they're mourning your loss and it is it's dreadful having gone through that and then to have to pay the bill afterwards just it's misery on top of misery so call Browns Cremation Feudal Services set up yourself so your family doesn't have to worry about that later 970-255-8888 we go to the National Football League and we've talked about it just the loveliness That was the Titans wearing the Oilers colors against the Houston team that is not the Oilers that plays in Houston. That's a good call, but... But? Good call, bad call. Just to rub it in, they should have done it at Houston. Yeah. Just just to be jerks. That's a good call, but I'm also kind of a jerk that way.
1: I don't feel like the league would let them, let the Titans, that is, wear the Oilers uniforms That's in true. Houston.
0: Okay, good call, bad call. The Patriots should wear the Patriot Pat unis Sunday in Denver. That's a good call. Have and Denver I, wear the blue, have the Patriots wear the red. It would look great.
1: The only thing is, I think Denver is already wearing. The white snow cap uniforms. (gasps) Perfect. Then roll out the red Patriot path.
0: Uh the hiking football revolutionary war geyer. Red and
1: red and orange it might clash. But they're wearing the snow cap, the white. But don't the Patriots have a white helmet with those old timey Patriots uniforms? Yeah, but the Falcons and Panthers both wore black helmets yesterday. Fair enough. All right, uh, good call, bad call. This is a bad-ish call. Okay. People comparing the Kadarius Tony, Quinn Miners' offensive offsides plays. Look, here's the deal. It's the right call to make for the refs. Quinn Miners, yeah. he was in the neutral zone. It ultimately would not have affected the outcome. But I also think the NFL and officiating at large was looking for a message to send to the Chiefs for all of the hoopla around the Kadarius Tony, you know he was offsides. Blah 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 blah. So it's a bad call. People comparing the two things because they're really not. One was clear and obvious. One was a little ticky tacky, but they also one affected the outcome entirely because it was a game-winning touchdown. The yes. other one, not not at all. It it had almost no effect
0: because and. The Broncos had a much better chance to still score than the Chiefs did after. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So Uh, I agree with you. That's a good call. Speaking of Chiefs, good-ish call, in my opinion. Chiefs late in the game against the Patriots, fourth and goal with under a minute to go in the game, and they just said, we're just going to take a knee. That's how bad (laughs) the Patriots season has gone for them that the chiefs just said we're we're just calling it fourth and goal we're not going to try to score there was like under a minute left and they just knelt on fourth and goal i don't think the patriots they might have gotten the ball back but i don't know how much time there would have been left at the very end so what? chiefs just saying we're done
0: what a metaphorical kick to the pills right that is to just to have a team so close to scoring and be like, pass. Pass. No, thanks. We're good. They did. They had 35 seconds left. <laughs> and so, you know what the Chiefs did or the Patriots did? what they do? Run around right guard for four, se- for four yards and then just let the play clock expire. Just let the game <sighs> clock expire. They didn't even bother Oof. to completely... Oof. Try to run another play or anything—that's given up. But what a kick to the pills when the other team's like, you know what, we're good. We don't need any more. Whether it's respect for Belichick or not,
1: which just a kick to the pills. It's it's uh it's not good. We've so thoroughly beaten you
0: that we're good here.
2: Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're good we're yeah. we don't
1: need yeah i think that was a good call mm-hmm. a good call by the chiefs to to say nope we're yeah. good
0: that's like the human victory cigar that is Sam Darnold. <laughs> that's being when you ran know. out and lit against the cardinals that's when you know yeah like oof that's like costa kufus running the point for the nuggets back in the day <laughs> like this game is over <laughs> sorry pal but this game is over actually uh to be perfectly honest the Sam Darnold thing was middle of the game because Brock Purdy took a hit. But still, still, when you're so thoroughly dominated, we're like, that we're they're out, not we're like you know what, we don't need Brandon D, Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel to take snaps. We're good. Just run out Sam Darnold. Yeah, that was not human victory cigar. I should have mentioned that. I just thought it was hilarious. But still,
1: it's, still- you know...
0: Yep, and it is time right now for this.
1: That's the story of the greatest sport moment
3: of all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. This day in 1959,
0: Sammy Ball was named the first coach of the New York Titans of the American Football League. Do you know who they became? Uh, the Jets. The New York Jetropolitans. That is correct. Uh, this day in 1956, Phil Rizzuto signs on as New York Yankees radio and TV announcer after playing for the Yankees. It was this day in 1977, the Cleveland Cavaliers retired jersey number 42 for Nate Thurman. This day in 1983, the San Diego Clippers end a 29-game road losing streak. It was this day in 1984, the 73rd Davis Cup. Sweden beats the United States in the birthplace of all things metal, Gothenburg, Sweden. This day in 1988, Seahawks win their first ever division title with a 9-7 and seven record. Do you know what division that was?
1: Was that when they were in the AFC West? The
0: AFC West, indeed. This day in 1994, Daryl Strawberry pleads not guilty on tax evasion charges. It was this day in cricket, which nobody cares. Soccer, nobody cares. And that is it for this day in sports history. Apparently not a lot happening on December the 18th in sports history. We'll take a break and wrap up the Jim Davis Show. A little garbage time and more on the way next. A B team edition on the Team Sports Network.
3: It's your morning sports and more. It's the Jim Davis Show on the Team
0: Welcome back to the Jim Davis Show. Buckeye and Baked Goods with you here. A B-team edition of the program, as Pat McAfee would say. Uh, We'll have garbage time coming up in a little bit, but uh, just kind of recapping the CMU weekend, you had Jason Bonarowitz at 184 pounds. He uh, took second, I believe, and uh, sorry, he took third place. With the win in the Midwest Classic, Gabe Carranza also uh, placed on the podium as he finished 6th at 197 for the Mavericks on the men's wrestling side. They will be uh, back in country, if you will, at Gunnison for the Western Open coming up January 5th. They next wrestle at home January 27th against the school of minds in a duel on the ladies side the mavericks went four and two at the desert duels they took down pacific 42 to four ottawa arizona 39 to 9 grand canyon 41 to 7 they also ended up beating wartburg 34 to 11 the two losses to simon fraser 24 to 18 and the number one ranked iowa 25 to 20 mavs held in their strong uh handful of forfeits in there but the matches that they did wrestle uh, a couple of them are very very close including isabeau Shaw- shalak uh beating olivia white at 191 for the mavericks women's wrestling team so they are uh i believe headed into the holiday break as well for the ladies they will take play take part in the nwca national duels on january the 5th they are also back at Brownson Arena January the 27th when they host Adams State. The women's basketball team fell at Adams State on Friday night by the score of 73 to 64. I almost just ripped my headphones out of the wall there. Ooh, don't do that. Yeah, and I completely ripped them out of my little coil here. But uh, the Mavs win by a score of 70, or fall rather, 73 to 64. Uh, they went to the half down 11 and they just kind of gave up nine more points so they were down 20 going to the fourth quarter a 26-15 run but they were not able to get all the way back Mavs are 9 and 3 on the season 3 and 2 in the Armac Olivia Reed 24 points 16 boards for the Mavericks in the loss they are off for the holiday break now they will be back on the court at home january 5th and 6th against csu pueblo new mexico highlands those games right here on the team cmu sports network the men they pounded adams 99 to 71 they led by 21 at the half they win by 28
1: they got up to as much as i believe 34 wow yeah it was it was yeah
0: 20 for Makarineker, 18 for Owen Kuntz, 13 apiece for Trevor Baskin and Aiden Cool as the Mavs shot 49% from the floor to beat the Grizzlies. Now they head off to Las Vegas. They play today uh, in Las Vegas against West Texas A&M. Uh, that game is at 1 o'clock, and they play Simon Fraser tomorrow morning at 11 at uh desert oasis high school in las vegas
1: which is where i believe the uh women's wrestling team was just at i believe that's true
0: yeah so the mavericks getting a lot of time down in las vegas now uh speaking of las vegas here you we know, go here you know who was down there it's colorado mesa's swimming team ben sampson said a 2024 u.s olympic trials qualifying time of two minutes Two point four six seconds in the two hundred meter individual medley is one of a dozen different Maverick swimmers setting personal bests during the UNLV Invite the Long Course Meters Time Trials uh, in a session Saturday at the Rebel at uh, UNLV's Jim Reitz Pool. The reigning now, there's a lot of letters here. So if I get this wrong, okay, CSCAANCAA Division Two National Swimmer of the Year. Has now qualified for both the 100-meter backstroke and the 200-meter individual medley for June's Olympic qualifying meet in Indianapolis. So go get him, Ben Sampson. Yes. Sampson is just one of two swimmers in the session to set an Olympic trials qualifying time, joining Hawaii's Timothy Gallagher. Uh, So going under the necessary standards there. Mavericks setting personal best during the session were as follows. Jacob Trosher in the 400-meter freestyle. Andrew Scoggin in the 100-meter backstroke. Max Ayers, 100-meter freestyle. Jameson McEnany. I believe I said that right. 50-meter freestyle. Austin Patterson, 50-meter 50 50 meter freestyle. On the women's side, six of them. Lauren White and Katerina Mataskova. 100-meter backstroke. Both of them did it. Uh, Ada Quinnell. With a 100-meter free, Benedict Nagy with a 200-meter individual and the 50-meter freestyle, Izzy Powers and Ellie Williams both as well. The more typical portion of the UNLV meet held on 25-yard course goes through tomorrow uh, down in Las Vegas. So the Mavs getting well-versed in Las Vegas. I wonder if uh, our friend Dave Yonke went ahead and like, you know what? Hey. Swimming. Wrestling, men's basketball. I'm just gonna spend a week in Vegas.
1: Just park at the yep. at the hotel.
0: Yeah. You know what? They can text you in while you're at a Christmas vacation penny slot. And you can just post from your phone now. It's 2023, right? Almost 2024. That's what I would do. You know, it's like, hey, we got all these things. I'll go cover them in Vegas for a week. What? Yeah. Yeah. Can you? Can you? uh Will you reimburse my room? Well, if you're down there for work. Hey, we're staying at the Palais. We're staying here the Palazzo.
2: We're going or to the, the MGM, Venetian.
0: baby. <laughs> yeah, we're going to the MGM. Play a little, uh, oh, what's that movie? Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Penny Slots. There you go. Yeah, that's what we would do. So there's some of the things that went on for CMU. Over the weekend, you had the um, Palisade Classic wrap-up mead won on the girls side fruta monument beat grand junction in the final on the boys side with a 73 62 or rather take that back that is a whole week old i clicked onto the wrong one fruta did win the boys championship they're nine and zero. they beat grand junction by the final score of 61 to 44 so the first matchup of the new slash old head coaches michael wells and dutch johnson both a couple of former cmu assistants just continues dovetailing around each other and they'll meet (laughs) two more times in conference play as the southwestern league gets rolling all those teams are going to be back at it across the top of the year so, uh, do you have you got garbage time stuff for me over there? I can pull something You're up here, real quick. Something out of the ether. We're
3: taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis show on the team. Oh, I
1: love
0: trash. Don't forget the famous toastery bowl coming up. At twelve thirty on the Team Sports Network,
1: we kind of talked a little bit about it—the um, NCAA lawsuit. Oh
0: yeah, we were going to talk more about that, but we went with Marlo replayed instead. Uh,
1: th- probably the the uh, le- the I would say most surprising uh, interview that came out of this West Virginia's Attorney General was on the Pat McAfee show. To talk about this that tracks this lawsuit. So, I you know what? Hey, credit where it's due, right? H- yeah, Patton no. I'm with you, yeah. Getting getting the the hard hitting, you know, journalism of West Virginia's AG now. But that's also where the case was heard, right? And he is a West Virginia guy, Mister Mister McAfee. So, what's interesting though is is I've been kind of following this story from the jump because. Our attorney general here in the state of Colorado, Phil Weiser, was one of the kind of leads on this. You're doing it from the news side. from Yes, from our news department. And so I had seen some of the press releases that the attorney general's office had sent out about this case. And I was like, ooh, this is kind of fascinating. The intersection of news and sports, or of, I guess you could say, real world Mm -hmm. and sports. And so the NCAA saying, okay, for the rest of this year... Two-time transfer athletes can play without having to sit on the bench for a year. And that's fine. And I just wonder, like, where is this going to go? Yeah, what's the end game here? Because the old rule was...
0: what the old, old rule. Transfer, you have to sit out a year unless you're granted a waiver. Then it was transfer portals open. It's a wild, wild west once. Transfer a second time you have to go back to the old way of doing it, waiver or sit out of year. Now, through the end of the year, you can transfer, like period, without getting a waiver or any of that sort of thing. So it's a weird kind of wild west again. Now, this is more so for spring sports and basketball right now.
1: Because football, it's already done. Football, it's already done. Now,
0: theoretically... You could have transferred and maybe play in a late December, New Year's six bowl game in theory, probably not going to happen. Right. Or it's going to be at a very low level with a player, with a former coach, whatever. So the waivers that have been denied are guys like Maddox cop, the Miami quarterback, Cincinnati basketball player, uh, Jamil Reynolds, uh, they all had witnesses explaining why they should be allowed a waiver that the head coach departed for another job at Miami and at Cincinnati, the player left for his own safety. Both told the court that the NCAA was preventing them from earning pay from their NIL contracts at each school. So yes, this is an NIL thing as well. Doesn't shock me. So, yeah, I don't, initially, I don't know exactly what's going to happen here. Are we going to see just an absolute glut of football players go? I don't know because the NCAA is following the ruling now through the end of the school year. But here's the thing. I could totally see the NCAA this summer rewriting the rule books and saying, you know what? This is the rule going forward, and then retroactively applying it. Like, you're now ineligible because you've transferred, blah, blah, blah. I can see them doing that. So, I don't know if you're going to get 2,000 more football players jump in the transfer portal that I've already transferred once. Right. But what it does, it makes it easier for Coach Prime to get another job and take all the kids with him.
1: Now, stop it. You, not you, you stop that talk right now, mister.
0: I'm not saying. I'm I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll so, be interesting. Yeah. Now, the NCAA does not have a great track record in court in the last year and a half or more. So we'll see. The, the precedence has been set. The yeah, they're NCAA... very Chargers-like in court it's, last year. <laughs> it's not good. It's re- really not.
0: All right. That'll do it for our show on a monday jim is back tomorrow i'll be in the sidecar along with him we'll have our college football and basketball insider wyatt thompson talking more about this i'm sure also mav day we'll talk with the maybe mike DeGeorge, but definitely taylor wagner as they get into the christmas break also our broncos report with Maya high sports cody work that's coming up at 8 20 tomorrow the famous toastery bowl coming up at 5, at 12 30 monday night football tonight at five thirty, a football doubleheader on the Team Sports Network. For Cake, I'm Buckeye Boy. Jim Rome is up next. Enjoy your Monday on the Jim Davis show on the Team Sports Network.